Laura, we have this great question from a mom and it includes so many elements that we hear from moms and the struggles that they have when they have more than one baby at home. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, Jennifer and Laura. This is Ashley and Mike from San Diego. Um, we're longtime Moms on Call fans. <laughs> Our uh, first baby was sleeping through the night at eight weeks, and it's always been the happiest baby thanks to you guys. Um, however, our second baby is 11 weeks old now and is so different from our first. We can't get him to nap for more than 30 to 40 minutes. Um, he's still waking up once a night and having colicky fits. And we just thought that we'd be past this stage by now. Um, he's even uh, spits up my breast milk like crazy. So I'm trying formula and uh, I even gave up coffee and wine. So I have nothing to live for now, (laughs) Um, but currently he's in a bassinet in our room, so I'm going to try moving his crib downstairs, but obviously I'm nervous about him waking up his older sister, and um, I have four weeks to get him sleeping through the night before I have to go back to work. Please help us. Well, you have come to the right place because we are going to help. There are at 11 weeks there are some really great strategies that we can use, and some may be surprising, to help you to get back on track. And the first thing that we want to look at is getting the nights done first. And now that this little one is 11 weeks old, and if over 11 and a half, 12 pounds, we're going to move and jump right into taking that swaddle away getting him in his crib and getting him sleeping all night, all at the same time. And it seems so counterintuitive to get that all night sleep and then improve the additional sleep during the day. But we have seen that that is how it works over and over again. So the number one thing we want to do is we want to work on that all night sleep. And then having one wake up at 11 weeks, that's right on target. Um, But we just want to progress forward so that we can begin to really affect the naps. You're just in this transition. We're going to work it out. So let's make sure of a couple of things. We want to make sure they're healthy. We want to make sure that we have the right sleep environment, which includes the right sound machine. I know that sounds like, what? Sound machines are sound machines. But do you remember, Jennifer, that time where you had that client who had this giraffe that sounded like a whale? Oh, yeah. It made whale noises. So their sound machine was a stuffed animal. It was going, And we just got so tickled as we were listening to that. It was like, no, I get it. Like, I get how desperate we are to do whatever it will take. And so that's one of the things, you know, the success is in the details, especially when you're already a mom's on call family, you know, the basic principles. So we want to just make sure 
that we have the details of that sleep environment really sorted ideally. And that means the sound machine that works. That's right. So we want that right sound machine. The next thing that we're going to talk about is now that we're 11 weeks old and we're assuming since we can't ask some some questions back and forth that this little one is 11 and a half, 12 pounds, we're going to take that swaddle away. And one of the things that we recommend is having that little one in footed pajamas. And you can go with thicker footed pajamas if it's cooler where you are, if if the house is getting a little bit cooler than you want it to be. But we want those nice footed pajamas. We stay away from sleep sacks and sleep suits for right now because we want them to be able to move and work those muscles and find their comfy spot. That's all of being free now that we're out of the swaddle. And so with that nighttime environment, it's pitch black dark, we're footed pajamas, we've got the bright white noise machine and it's on loud, loud enough for you to hear from the outside of that door. Then we follow the guidelines in the Moms on Call book one or online classes if you want us to hear us supporting you through the process. We can be right there on your computer. But what happens is we just let them work through that middle of the night feeding and take about three nights to learn how to find their own comfy spot, sleep all night, stop engaging the digestive system in the night, and then we'll work on two naps a day. They'll improve all on their own once we're at about night three or four and we're getting these long stretches at night of oh, 10 to 12 hours in a row. It's fabulous. And then we're well well rested. So we can work on the naps. Our friends at Mission Mighty Me have been making it deliciously simple to include peanuts in baby's diet. As the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends with their proactive peanut puffs. And now they've made it super simple to include tree nuts too. With their proactive nut butter puffs with peanuts and tree nuts. They turn peanuts, almonds, cashews, hazelnuts, and walnuts into a yummy quick-dissolve puff that melts in little mouths. Mighty Me Puffs are a safe and delicious way to follow new feeding recommendations for introducing common food allergens to babies and toddlers. And keeping them in the diet regularly and Mission Mighty Me was founded by the very pediatric allergist whose research formed the new guidelines. How cool is that? Proactive puffs from Mission Mighty Me make it deliciously simple to feed your little one peanuts and tree nuts. And big kids love them too. Visit missionmightyme.com to learn more and use Moms on Call 20 for 20% off your first order. You know, while we're doing taking the swaddle away and taking that middle of the night feeding away, we also need him to be in his room and in his crib. And you just don't want to wake up that older kid. Let's talk a little bit about that. Saving the quiet one is a surefire way to set up unsustainable sleep habits. And it's just having sets of twins, both you and I do. And it just messes with your mind because you think one crying baby is hard to manage, but two crying children is just the end of the world. Like I can't even fathom it. And so we really start to serve that 
saving the quiet one instead of serving the sustainable habits for the household. So when we're ready to make that transition, the funny thing is that you can have one kid that is just crying and crying really loud and another that's sleeping like nothing is happening. So they're so much better equipped to manage the normal noises and progressions of their siblings than we give them credit for. And often what we're afraid of doesn't even happen. So before bed for your older child, go ahead and say, you know what? Babies cry sometimes. If your little brother or sister wakes you up in the middle of the night, just close your eyes and go back to sleep. The older siblings tend to want to be our alert system to make sure that we know that somebody else may be crying. But other than that, they're totally equipped to sleep through it if they have that reassurance a little bit at a time before they go to bed at night. And they know you're okay with it. They'll be okay with it. And once we get through the next three to five nights, then we can focus on these naps. And we do get tons of nap questions. And really, I think, Jennifer, sometimes what we we forget about is what is that normal nap sleep cycle. And it's unrealistic to think that they're going to sleep for two solid hours and never make a sound five times a day. I just... That's just unrealistic. So we always want to talk a little bit about what is considered a normal nap sleep cycle. Well, Laura, that's a great question. They go into that REM sleep cycle for about 30 to 45 minutes and then come up into what's called twilight sleep, where they are the closest thing to alert and can actually cry for up to five minutes and still be asleep. Many of us have caught this situation happening. <laughs> you go in there and like they're making so much noise, but their eyes are closed. And then we have another 30 to 45 minutes of REM. So 30 to 45 minutes of REM, 10 to 15 of that RE, of that um, twilight sleep, and then 30 to 45 minutes of REM. And so I think it's so important that when they wake, now that we're going to not be in the swaddle, right? We want to try and stay out of their way. And I always suggest that for two naps a day, and I love, there is nothing any sweeter than focusing on those two naps, heading to their room and doing what I call that pre-nap routine, Jennifer. You know, that, that time when you just kind of go in the room and start to wind down and change the diaper and snuggle a little bit and read a story or whatever your pre-nap routine is. And then let's get that little one down in that environment of natural light, the right sound machine going, and let's get them down. If we can just stay out of their way until within 30 minutes of the next mom's on call feed time that's on your routine, that will allow us to kind of gauge when we need to go back in the room. Because unfortunately, at this age, if we keep going in and out, in and out, we tend to take that natural ability through that nap sleep cycle of waking, fussing, finding their comfy spot, going back to sleep. So once you're within 30 minutes of the next feed time, that's when it is okay to go in, do some low-key snuggle time for 10, 15 minutes, and then you've made it. And we can make sure that we get that next feeding on track uh, and move on through the next steps of our routine. 
And if they happen to fall asleep in that low-key snuggle time, wake them up and feed them at the scheduled time. We're not trying to make up for lost sleep. We're trying to set that inner 24-hour clock that is so powerful. And we want to pick two naps a day to do that with. The other naps can be cat naps. That's okay. But just concentrate on two naps. The first two in the morning tend to be some of the best of the day. But just evaluate what your day, the demands of your day, what that looks like, and when you can try and be in that environment twice a day to work those naps out. And we are going to get you to a situation long before you have to go back to work And we're talking about another call, which will be, how do I get my daycare (laughs) to follow some of the guidelines? So we'll cover that another time. But these two elements should really be able to give you what you need because both of those kids are 100% perfectly capable. They are strong, adaptable, and resilient. And so are you. And you guys can do this. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit MomsOnCall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey. We are always taking your messages at 888-234-7979. You can also find us on Instagram. We are Moms on Call there. We are so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and tell everybody what you love about the show and spread the word. If you have parenting friends or people who are expecting in your life, grandparents, anybody that you think would really enjoy this material, let them know that the Moms on Call podcast is available for them for free wherever they listen to podcasts.